0: Hey everyone, welcome back to New Motive Definition podcast episode 3. My name is Solomon Gamwa and as always I'm representing New Motive World of Creativity and alongside with me as usual... Alongside is Jess, um,
1: representing New Motive World of Creativity as well. And today we're going to talk about some interesting stuff on travel. You know, why is travel important and how to get the best out of it. Um, no, more, normally, more times when you're traveling, a lot of people tend to have different types of holidays or versions of holidays. So you get like, you know, your average lad's holiday and or, you know, you may get your whole like if it's a hen night or stag do sort of thing. But we're going to be talking about travel. So you picking a specific country and going over there to experience our culture. It could be monuments or uh, what do they call them things again one of the seven wonders of the world or you know if it could be if it's one of those like trips where you're really really dying to see like a particular part of that country it could be rivers lakes mountains wherever it is in our case today we're going to be talking about our trip to marrakesh and i think it's really important that people um, pay attention and listen very carefully because you see, there's a lot of stigma when it comes to travelling to certain countries.
0: So guys, in case you don't know where Marrakesh is, that's the capital city of Morocco in North Africa. <laughs>
1: yeah, 100%. Thank you, so for um, educating them on the de- geography. I'm just saying Marrakesh like everyone knows Marrakesh is. But, but yeah, so basically Marrakesh is in Morocco. It's the most popular city in Morocco. Um, you do have other cities, for example, Fez, Casablanca, um, Agadir, um, Esawara. Not really a city, it's more of a town, but still classed as, um, I think, a city anyway. Um, and for those of you who are big Game of Thrones fans, um, I don't know if you remember Season 2 um, when uh, Khaleesi. Spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it. You should have seen it by now. But anyway. <laughs> Seven,
0: yeah, boy. Sorry
1: but there was a part in season two when she's buying a particular army on the coastal shore. That whole entire thing is shot in Essaouira in Morocco. So um, just to let you guys know that if you wanted to go there, because I know there's a lot of people that like to travel to these locations where certain films have been, have been shot.
0: shot. That's weird, I thought that was Lanzarote. Ranzavoti, where they shot um, that scene. No,
1: no, no. You know, this, it's basically the scene where she's buying... Uh, um, what are they called? The insulid Army. And you know you have got that slave master that's talking in old Valerian and he's taking the piss out of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: remember. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
1: yeah. an Essawara. Literally, okay. right where the fish market and the harbour is, there's a long coastal line where you have, like, all these different types of markets and whatnot. It's shot there.
0: Okay, I don't know why I was thinking Lanzavoye. Basically, Lanzavoye is a small island that's 60 miles away from Morocco. It's an island between Europe and Africa, basically. Mm. And like, that's another great place as well, where you've got camels there. It's, it's quite a, an exotic island. So mm. that's why I thought it was there, because that's also the place where they shot a lot of the scenes from, what's that movie called again? Clash of the Titans?
1: Oh, right, okay. Yeah,
0: it's a terrific spot for filmmakers to get the old desert mountain sort of scenery. So yeah, that's why I thought Game of Thrones was done too. Yeah. Well, okay. You
1: see, even with that, even with filmmakers, because before we get into the actual um, question, obviously, I'm going to explain how you felt um, about the trip. But it's like, with a lot of these filmmakers, in order to make the film believable, make it real, they have to really research um, these locations. So you've got location managers or location directors that will pick certain spots that you would never feel or think would have that type of... So for example, if you look at, like you said, Clash of the Titans, you would never think that's filmed in Lanzarote, But they made it feel like it was actually in ancient Greece. Do you see where I'm coming from? Yeah, um,
0: exactly,
1: yeah. I know Game of Thrones, especially in a recent series, um, and even The Walking Dead. I think even The Walking Dead as well, a lot of the uh, films, a lot of the shots are filmed like in parts of America um, Atlanta Georgia especially um, in like open grass fields and whatnot but um, I know with um, big-budget movies and TV shows they actually do fly to a lot of these locations you know so I know with um, a lot of the dragon scenes um, or the Night Walker scenes um, in Game of Thrones they get shot in like Ireland and Iceland and all those sort of different places but anyway
0: I digress yeah, and talking about locations, mate, just dive into it. Marrakech man, yeah. <laughs> where do we go? How do we feel? Just um,
1: I I'm gonna I'm gonna start with So um, because I want Soul to explain, you know, how Marrakesh affected him, um, you know, mentally, spiritually, and just how do you, how was your journey? Like how did you feel? I mean he was there for what, seven nights and it was nine of us. Just to let you guys know, we went out in a big group a uh, mixture of friends and family um, we're all family anyway but you know it was a it was a good good mixture of people and um, I've been to Marrakesh three times myself and soul has been twice but you know this time it was a little bit different because again I'm with friends we stayed in a Riyadh so and then obviously we did more stuff and adventured more so Soul, how did you how did you see Marrakech? Like what what did you like about it? What was positive? You know, what was negative? What would you like ha- explain to us. Talk to us. How did you find Marrakesh?
0: Bro, bruv, like it, it was mad enough um even when I got off the plane. And to be honest, like it was my second time that I went. The first time I went was during Ramadan, so it was very quiet. It was a quiet season. But I didn't mind it because that time i went which was last year in 2017 it was oh it was a stressful time for me in london man like i went through a lot in terms of just you know financially mentally just going through things in business because we organized like an arts festival and we was running other business at the same time like it was a lot very
1: stressful
0: man i'll tell you that yeah it was, it was it was it was crazy so going out there kind of made me just relax my mind a bit do you know what i mean and meeting the locals there and just welcome people in general, like they're very cultured and they're very kind people as well. You get a lot of them out there that would help you, um, aiding your journey, giving out excursions and it was good. But talking about this trip in particular, because of my prior experience over there, going there now was off season. I mean, off, it wasn't during Ramadan, so mm-hmm. it just finished. So it was a different type of vibe. You know what I'm saying? Like, everyone was just celebrating, you know, eating, drinking, it was nice. So, the minute I got off the plane and I felt the heat, I know that, yep, it's a different air I'm breathing. Because even though London's hot, both, both countries are hot, but London was just a little bit more polluted. Do you know what I mean? So, you know you're in a different place, you're in a different sort of air. a sticky kind of heat.
1: It's not really, like, you're not breathing in fresh air and fresh, you know what I'm saying? And I always tell people with them the different types of climates, um, so it's interject, but it's like in Morocco there's much more greenery, much more trees, much more of a healthier aspect to how they live. So I know they've banned plastic in Marrakesh. You feel me? So, when it comes to the environment, when it's hot and the weather's at its peak, you're going to experience it a bit more easier a bit more better than how you experience it here in London.
0: But anyway, continue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly that. So just, again, even down to breathing in the air, like, you, breathing is not just for the sake of breathing. Yes, we have to breathe to live sort of thing, but it is a certain thing that it does to you for your bloodstream and how it goes into your brain as well. When, when you breathe properly, good air, like, it's kind of... Like uh, it's kind of like washing your brain, not okay, brainwashing I'd say, but in a good way so you because you're letting that good energy source of light come inside, you know, your body. So that was the first thing. Since as as I got off the jet, I was just I was in love with the country already. So got to the place now. Um, busy city as always. Makkesh is a mad busy city because um, we stayed in a Riyadh like just mentioned earlier on, but it was. How can I explain? It was El Jima Finau? El Jima, Fina? El Jima Fina. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the, place. the main square. The main, the main square, square like where
1: everything
0: So basically, it was like a, a city within a city that like built in between the walls. Mm-hmm. Very interesting, um, very old school architecture that was built by the Moors. That's like the um, Moroccan ancestors um, that came from Central and West Africa like seven, 800 years ago so there's a lot of a lot of historical reference there and yeah we got to the place again it was a big group of us everyone from different backgrounds but it was all family do you know what i mean so we got there that's when we started planning out throughout the days what we're going to be doing like different excursions um again a little bit of parties as well because we definitely want to see how you know the moroccans do their thing over there so it, it was great it was fantastic like My positives were to, it was, it was just the culture, especially I went to a place called Orica Valley. It was very, very, how can I say? It was just mad. It was just mad. Like you got the big waterfalls. I was just going down the stream constantly, of course. But it's like, as we're climbing up the mountain led by the tour guide, Every time we'll climb, like, for 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes, there's, like, different levels. So he'll always tell us to stop and, you know, get a drink if we want to, relax and whatever. Mm. And he always told us, like, if you want to continue climbing up, no problem, or if you want to go down, cool. So we, just, we kept going. We, got, we went up to about four or five floors. And I think the fourth one was the main part of the whole mountain, like, the big waterfall where it was, like, a a little pool as well. Mm. Um, to me, I think that was the best moment of the holiday because it's, there was something spiritual about that place. Again, I'm not, I'm, I'm not really the type to talk about spiritual energies and stuff like that, but mm. you can tell that everybody that goes there, whether you're poor, rich, whatever you are, where you come from, everyone goes there. You're just- Humbled. You're just humbled, man. Like it's you versus nature and like I just went into the water for it just it kinda just washed my sins away. It's like I baptized myself there. Cold ass water, don't ever get it twisted. Like even if you go under there, you can't even breathe. But it it was mad man. It was proper mad. Like I think it's good for people that's business in business in particular, entrepreneurs, because like if you're about to close like a crazy deal like say for example you're selling a product and a company comes and buy it for I don't know five mil like that's a decision you cannot make overnight you need to be somewhere or you need to talk to somebody but you can talk to someone cool but ultimately the decision comes down to you and I think going to places like that gives you more clarity whether you're going through a divorce whether you're going through problems or Whatever challenge that you face, if you need to go there or go to a place like that at least. Spiritually, that valley,
1: that valley for you, you felt that spiritually, it, it,
0: it opened your eyes up a lot more and it relaxed you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I didn't have any issues prior to that anyway. Like, it was just more stuff to do with like, my early childhood. Um, for me, water symbolises a lot of things. Water symbolises life, water symbolises growth, the beginning, birth, death, and it represents everything. So water to me personally is, 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 is something massive. So the flow of energy,
1: of life, like you said before, and the one question you have to ask yourself is how long has that water been running? <laughs> like let's just put let's just put it in perspective this is a they call it aurica valley yeah yeah now obviously as we know already with valleys and whatnot they're formed um via you know they 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 say via like you know climate change and whatnot and or or erosion so for example you know certain parts of the mountain may erode water gets in there and it flows through how long has that water been running for you know who has that water fed in terms of like where that, what community does that stream run into? Who, what is that, who, who, um, where does that water, you know, provide water to? What community, what town does it supply it to? You don't know how long that water has been running for? Centuries. I am putting put it into centuries in, in the perspective because obviously I know with mountains, greenery and stuff like that, that stuff takes time. Of course, absolutely, thousands of years, man. So you thousands got Yeah. So you gotta ask yourself, how long has that water been running for? And then who has seen that water and who has touched that water? That you're now coming into that water and that consistent flow to experience the same thing. Even walking into that little part, so when we got to the fourth part and they had the the water spring coming down, there was like the 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 bed of that little that little, uh, little black, I would even call it a lake, it's like a little, you know, swimming bit, like yeah, yeah. the bed of that was very really harsh, it's yeah. like you're actually stepping on proper stones, but you see, I love all that because it's just representing to you the nature and how it really feels, you know, it shows how soft we are, <laughs> like we're living in the western world, for example, and like, you know, our skin's soft, our feet are soft, and you go back to them kind of countries and kids are running up down places barefoot. You know, ones there like they're playing football barefooted, and you know we got socks and shoes and different types of trainers and whatnot.
0: You know, ones there like ones there like exactly. Really, it really does humble yourself. And again, when you when you go back to UKs, or well, you just realize how artificial everything is around you. Yeah. Like. Yeah. It just changes your way of thinking. It just it just gives you clarity in in many other spectrums of space or mm. however you want to put it. But. It's mad, it's mad. Like, I think that's one of the biggest highlights for me. Mm. And just, you know, talking with the group afterwards as well, everyone really started to open up about like their personal issues and what they went through and whatnot. And um, yeah, it was it, it was mad. Like, we did many other excursions after. We did quad biking in the desert. That's another mm. um, little realm, dream realm I was in. Cause you know, you just you're going through the desert, like all the dust going through your eyes. I don't know, for a split second I felt like I was in that movie called Is it not Top Gear? What's that old school 80s movie again? It's uh Is it Night Rider. Night Rider. With, That's the one.
1: With
0: Michael, not Michael Kane, what's his name again? Michael, um Michael Knight, Is it Michael Knight or I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But as you already know, I'm I'm am I'm an 80s person in it, but that Vibe there, just going through like the desert, like you really do think a lot about your life. That's the whole point of a holiday, in my, in my, in my humble opinion. Because, w- <sighs> cool, people want to go through that phase. You know, you just want to get drunk, get absolutely smashed off your head, and wake up the next day not knowing what happened. But yeah, I mean, unlike you, we did go out. We, we, we you know, I personally enjoyed myself a bit, but it's just. Cool. I think one of the negatives I'd say is that you would, okay, part of it was part of it was going out and just wake up the next day a bit smashed, but I'd still manage to go to the excursion, so I wouldn't really fully rule that as a negative thing. I think you need to really be crewed up about other people's cultures as well. Be smarter, but like kind of respect the culture a bit as well, because obviously when you're there, Everyone's on a grind, everyone's on a hustle, you know what I'm saying? And, like, obviously when they do see you and they know you're not from there This is the locals I'm talking about, not all of them, but very few of them They are very, how can I say, they'll try to get a lot out of you Just because you're tourists and they, they believe you have no idea, no clue about the place And if you're very new to those sort of places there, you may think they are getting onto you Or, like, it's just harsh it, to a point where it will just put you off. Like, sometimes it will grab your hand even to come here yeah, to this place, buy this off I me, mean, buy that off me. Aggressive Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Very aggressive to those that ain't got a clue. So, I mean, luckily, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm an African boy. Man knows, man knows about certain things in terms of you can't really hustle my like that. But just be clued up. Just be clued up on certain things because if not, uh, yeah, they, they'll get an arm and a leg out of you, man. So, just little things like just a five-minute journey down the road they'll charge you £20. I'll just be like, look, come on, stop it. It's it's just a constant battle with anyone that tries to get at you, especially when it's at the peak season of tourism there as well. Mm. Like, they make a lot of money. So, I mean, that's the only little thing I'd say. Like, just, just, just be clued up, man. Like, study the culture first, if you can. Learn the language too that that will take a look that will bring you a long way mm. you know even the basics they speak french there so it's not it's not even a really a big issue you see what you said there was very key about
1: respecting other countries cultures because obviously when we are coming from the uk or when we're coming from america or you know wherever you may call it um, those sort of places are um, We live different there, obviously, you know, but we're, we're, we're trained differently. You know, there's a lot of things that are done for us. Yeah. So when you go to other countries now, the climate's different, not in terms of weather, but in terms of economic structure. So, yeah, Marrakesh is a tourist city. So when they do see you, they definitely know you're not from there. And their main goal is to get what they can out of you because their main goal besides that is the hustle. You know, a lot of those guys don't actually live in Marrakesh. That's what I got. That's what I got to learn on the third trip. Chatting to obviously our tour guide that was taking us to all these excursions. And, yeah,
0: they don't. Yeah, it's true. It's
1: true. A, a, yeah, a lot of them live in um, Fez, and so a lot of them live in Casablanca, mm-hmm. and especially the taxi drivers. But what they will do during peak season, they will drive to Marrakesh, rent out probably say like a little apartment, and stay here for like three, four months.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, You know, earn their money for the year.
0: That's grand. That is grand, right
1: there. Not, not, even for like a couple months or for the year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Some of them earn their money for the year, and then go back to their families, and you know, do the whole, the, the, the whole normal back to back, this and that, you know, family, whatever.
0: Yeah. But do you see I'm coming from? So. I mean, you, okay, you don't even need to... Okay, learning French is not the most difficult language anyway. I know it sound, I sound like a Hebrew because I, I don't fully know it myself. But I'd say as a plus, it goes a long way. But if not, just learn how to study the lingo and the, 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 the social aspects of it. Because mm. again, I, don't, I can't speak French, but the way I vibe with them
1: yeah, it's a different kind of yeah. the
0: body language, the voice, the tone. Yeah, it's just Study all of that, and I'm telling you right now, they will not. Yeah. So, for example, I'll I'll be at the taxi right? and I'll be like, "My brother, yes, where you going, brother? Where you going? My like, brother, I want to go party. I want to enjoy myself tonight, okay?" <laughs> and it'll be like, "Okay, okay, uh, 150." And I'm like, "Brother, please come on, come on, 150." So that's that's 150 doing. That's equivalent to what? £20? Yeah, um, twenty pound. 20,
1: 30 thirty pound. Yeah. Um. Hold on. Yeah, I think it's about that. Not thirty, definitely not thirty. It's definitely because their rate is different. It's it will fluctuate. But I know it's like hundred dirhams is something like, say, um, yeah, I'll say.
0: Well, probably run about say,
1: yeah, 20 twenty pound maybe.
0: But anyway, carry on. Exactly. Yeah, it was about that. So, but I. I know distance wise, because again, before you leave the house, just look at Google Maps. You can tell, okay, cool. From the destination you're going to be at, it's going to take about five minutes. So, taking in the petrol, the type of cars they drive, all right, cool. You know, 20 pounds, that's it's a bit of a rip-off okay? It's because you're, you're a tourist, you know what I mean? Look, brother, no tourist prices, okay? I'm local, I've been in many times, please. Good price, good price. you negotiate, knocked it down to the wall. Half price sometimes. Yeah. Just again, you ain't got to study the, 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 the language. Just the lingo, man. Get with them, respect them, mm. um, but just let them know you're you're not you're not an idiot as well. It's that balance. It's that great balance. I would just say when you're traveling to them countries, there.
1: I want to speak from my experience, as well. But I'm, don't expect what you get here or what you get delivered here to be the same. So. Wow. If obviously in britain there's not that really much of a haggling culture everything's priced at a certain price everything's all in you know it is it, it is what it is
0: don't, everything is done for
1: you it's done for you yeah like don't you can't go there with the saying oh well you know in the morning you know i want to go to i oh, know the town center and i'm only going to pay a certain amount cool have that be strong-headed but just know that it's not going to be it's not Uber, you know, no one's there like, or we don't have like a, a black cab service there. Things are different, you're in another country, so don't go there with those kind of expectations.
0: Don't go there with a self entitlement mentality. Mm-hmm. You, will, you will get G-checked, yeah, that's cool. a fact.
1: Or you won't get anything, literally, because people will just be looking at you like you're crazy, but yeah. I just, personally, I think that's one of the highlights for me, in Marrakesh, was the whole, I like the whole way they, they, the, the community are there, man. Like I like the way the people are with each other, you know, um, I've been there three times. So um, on my second, both first and second time we went during Ramadan, but the second time I actually saw these people break their fast. And, um, you know, it was quite beautiful for them to literally block off all the roads. Everyone's praying literally like the roads are all clean and everyone's all got their mat on the roads and they're literally all breaking their fast together at a certain time. And even like it got to a point where it was two in the morning, three in the morning and people are out there with their children, you know, in little grass areas, having food or breaking food with the local people they know as well. So I like that. I also like the culture of Marrakesh a lot more with the way they are towards tourists. They're very warming. Um, There are certain places I've been in the world where they don't care where you're from, especially when you're from London. You're going to get that. They they treat you however they want to treat you. Whereas in Marrakesh, you can always feel that humbleness and that welcomeness, especially when you're from London as well. So, um... Yeah,
0: they're very welcoming people, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I don't like... I'm looking to go there again. I'm looking to go there again, sooner than expected. Like, mm-hmm. they just, they're, they're, they're great people, loving people, man. Yeah. I'm telling you, they really do look after you out there, Overall, do you know what I mean? I just, I just feel like with the
1: experience over there, For me personally, um, I love the waterfalls. That was very um, spiritual uplifting for me. I've been to a lot of places. Um, I've been to the Dead Sea in Israel. I've been to the Red Sea in Egypt. I've been to the pyramids and a lot of places I can go on forever. And I think with this waterfall in Marrakesh, one thing I did like about it was the way the water, water hits you, like in terms of going underneath the waterfall, like the pressure of it coming on your back, it literally takes your breath away, like proper. Mm-hmm. Like if you feel like someone's winded you, and then you got to slowly, you know, slowly interject and slowly take, you know, your breathing slowly and flow with the actual water itself. But overall, the holiday was brilliant. Um, yeah, we did quad biking, we went to the water park, um, we did the Rika Valley, we did camel riding as well. We missed out on stuff that we could have done. Like there was, they had excursions to the desert to, I think, is Zagora or Z- Zortuga. And you have that, obviously, it's the Sahara Desert. And you have another place um, where you get to see some of the old ruins of the Berber people or their village where I think there's about seven or six big families that still live there to today. Um, one interesting fact, I learned their architecture. So I'm a designer, I'm a creative. Um, and one thing I did learn and pick up from speaking to the locals there and obviously my tour guide is Morocco builds their houses and their their architecture based upon obviously what the indigenous people did which was the Moors. Now, a lot of the time they were under siege or under attack by a lot of foreign invaders. So how they built their houses was, they had this mentality that it's not good to show off or to expose yourself and your riches. So when you see somebody's house in Morocco, the front entrance and the surrounding areas look like normal, average walls. Yeah. Do you see what I'm coming from? No, it's that. They look like normal, average walls, or they're very, very tall, but they just look very plain on the outside. No designs, no nothing. When you go inside the house now, it's different. Mm -hmm. You see all the luxuries, Mm -hmm. like the tower work, the fountains, the trees, the plants, and then obviously you get to understand now that they say to you, well, it's like a There was a a specific term they used, and I need to remember it. I'll get back to you on that one. But basically, they don't like to show off. So it's been a mentality. It's been an understanding for centuries. So what happens is when, and what they'll do, especially local villagers, what they will do when they're building their places, they build it in such a um, symmetrical way. So, for example, if I walk into a, a house that back of the house is connected to the next house and the next house is connected to that house. But I can get into each house via different ways. So the way that looks at the front entrance on the main road will look the exact same at the back. Do you see what I'm coming from? So you, you a, lot get, the like that, don't a lot of rehads will like that, A lot of rehads were like that, so you get confused. So for example, if you look at some of the rehads here, they will say, Well, for example, these, this rehad was built in this time of this century. Yeah. If they had an invading force or someone tried to come in there and, you know, steal anything from you, particularly, you would walk into the front door and you wouldn't even realise that where you've walked into is actually like the back door. You know what I'm Because the way the front door looks, mm-hmm. it's very, very weird. And then when you go in there and you're trying to get back out again, you don't know which world to go back out through, do you see what I'm coming from? But by that time, they've already clocked that you're in there because they've built the Riyadh so that you can see anyone that comes in. Do you see what I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. A lot of their riads ain't got a roof, but you feel enclosed inside a space. Do you see where I'm coming from? So they've really, really done their their homework in terms of that. Like that's why even we went to our riad, I was like, huh? Are you sure this is the place? And when a guy opened the door, I'm like, rah, all of this is inside here. Like literally, like, it's very, very, it's very crazy. But um yeah, architecture was brilliant. Um the people there are very funny. Um I find it, especially little kids as well, there's kids out there hustling and you know, all hours of the, all hours of the morning. And um, they're really, really trying to make it work. And yeah, their mums and families send them out there, but it just shows you like, these people get to work. They're busy from a young age. The kids at our age in London are just very like, like, like so Saying everything's done for them. Everything's all, there's a difference to life. And I understand there's different types of economic climate, so you know, maybe the kids don't have to, but I do believe if we're taught an aspect of the hustle from early, then we will appreciate life and appreciate things much more than actually... You see what I'm coming from? Exactly. Then, then you know, just, just going on the way we go on. And, like, and I just feel
0: like here, we're such a reactive society. And don't get it twisted as well. Like, yeah, I think as a Western country, we are, I believe, probably the most entitled people out in the entire world, but we're not that far off from many other nations. 'Cause don't, don't don't ever get it twisted. Like people in Morocco or anywhere around the world that will come to England as well, they'll realise certain things are raw like I should appreciate where I'm from more. Because again, we're dealing with a different type of stressor. Taxes on every damn thing that we're paying for. Bedroom tax, food tax, road tax, everything. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you think, okay, cool, the 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 living here is high quality and whatnot, but so are the bills, so are the expenses. So I just think everyone in general. I just think a little bit here we're we're, we're, just, we're just slightly more self entitled, but bottom line is we need to travel more, mm. not just once, a lot more. Take children with you as well, nieces and nephews, or your own children, whichever. But they need to see. Mm. Like that's one thing I'm very grateful about my parents. that like we've been traveling a lot from young, and I've I've seen kids. Struggle. Like I'm 11 years old, they're 10, 11 years old. I look at them, they look at me. I'm just like, wow. Like it's mud. I feel like it kind of explains why I'm just humble majority of the time. Yeah, travel. Why travel is so important is
1: because you actually get to learn, experience, and place yourself in a different time zone, different realm than where you are right now. The Western societies have created a lot of bubbles that if you're not careful, you will get lost in time. You will get lost in that matrix. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not going to, and, and you're not even going to be conscious of it. For example, I took my mum to Egypt few years ago, and it was like her first proper like holiday. Um, she does go back and forth to Ghana quite a lot, and some parts of America, but they're never really holidays. So I took her anyway for her, her 60th. And she loved it, she was just like, wow, like I've actually missed out on so much things, you know, like just taking a break and coming here for one week because obviously it's not, it's not a native land to her. She doesn't really know anyone there. And um, she loves all the stuff, she loves all like the whole culture, the whole pyramids and the whole ancient artifacts in Egypt. So I took her to see all of that. And she was just amazed at the fact that she can break from where she is travel for a week to another place experience something completely different you know those people especially especially those that have got time um, or those that are trying to find themselves who find it very difficult to struggle with like self-love self-awareness if you used to travel i mean go with somebody um i mean if you're that confident go by yourself or if not go with somebody that's very very you know um daring Someone that will take you onto different plots and different places. It's not about doing the same things you do in London. Don't go there seeking the fact, oh, I want to go to a nice restaurant. Oh, I want to go to the best club out there. I want to go and... No, no, don't go there with that mentality. That's my advice. I would say pick somewhere that you would love. Like pick somewhere in your dreams, pick somewhere that you would think of like, I'll never be able to go. Challenge yourself, go there and try and get the best out of it. Because I'm telling you, when you come back, it opens up your mind. And then you start to see life
0: from a different lens. Um Just be open minded, man. You no, know, in everything, food as well, like don't go there expecting that, like, yeah, like there's gonna be fish and chips here on every corner. No. Like just like you said earlier on, go to other cultures, respect it, research it, like bloody yo. I love the tajis out there. I mean, I'm pescatarian and I did find that there were certain like fish spots where it just you didn't Cooked to the quality that I wanted but I found that I had to go to the more high lavish restaurants to find it and boy the way they cook their fish over there Jesus like it was it was, it was lovely man but no just final message from Jesse
1: yeah um yeah I'll just say to you all you guys that are traveling um take time before you leave do your research in the country um There's so much things on TripAdvisor on how and where you can do excursions. Do excursions, it's very important. Don't just get the all-inclusive hotel bed, you know, like with the breakfast, the lunch and dinner, and just stay in a hotel and don't go nowhere. And just don't, you know, I get it. Some people want to have a relaxing holiday. I get it. And I'm not dissing those kind of people, but try and include something because what you don't want to do is escape This is the issue a lot of people do. A lot of people escape what they're living in right now. They feel like a holiday would help them escape their problems. No, you have to face your problems regardless. But use the the, the trip as a way to learn. Use the trip as a way to actually nourish yourself. Don't just be like, oh, I'm stressed, I'm flying out. And then you fly out, and then you come back to more stress. That's not how it works. You have to really, really take it in from an understanding that, okay, cool, you know what? If I'm a businessman, if I'm a salesman or if I'm an entrepreneur, I can take my business with me to this trip. You know, when we was out in Marrakesh, you know, know, we're we're creatives. We run our own company called New Motive, as you guys know already. But we took our laptops out there. We did our work out there at times. We found moments where it was peaceful early mornings. I'm an early morning person. I'll get up at five, six o'clock in the morning and I'll be on a rooftop. If it's not recording a podcast or sending emails back and forth. It's literally just finding ways of creating. I could have a few projects on, on the way. I'm just trying to write down concept ideas or draw up concept ideas, you know. Use that time and energy to really filter in. So don't feel away for bringing your business away, away with you or bringing your life away with you like that. I'm just saying, don't go back to the same old problems and deficits. fix them before you fly out. Because if you start using your holidays in the escape route, You end up finding yourself more depressed because you just keep escaping, escaping, escaping. And then when you really have to deal with it, you're just missing time. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, so that's it, man. That's it from us. Um, Yeah, do make sure you tune in. For those that didn't do it, haven't listened to it live, we'll send it to you. We'll post it on Instagram. If you haven't followed us yet, it's at New Motive W O C. Same thing on Facebook, that's our website check out our portfolio and yeah let us know your thoughts man any questions any thoughts that you have about holidays and where to go and whatnot just you know drop your comments
1: your comments um really appreciate you guys time thank you very much for listening and catch us soon on episode four peace